बिजनेस इज आर बिजनेस गायत्री एंड अपर्णा लुकिंग एट वीमेन ऑन्टरप्रनोरशिप बियॉन्ड फंडिंग शेयरिंग एक्सपर्टीज एक्सपीरियंसिस एंड टूल्स टू ग्रो योर बिजनेस हाई आई एम गायत्री एंड आई एम अपर्णा वेलकम टू आर शो so uh, one of the topics uh, that is constantly in vogue with entrepreneurs is about how to find a co-founder right that they can work uh, who is the kind of person that can work with me add value to the growth of my company and this is something that keeps uh, coming up in conversations off and on isn't it that mm-hmm. absolutely i mean i was in another session uh, mentor review today and it came up enough times there as well so when we doing reviews with startups we find this is a challenge uh, uh, often repeated by entrepreneurs and says hey i'm the only person i think it'll be good if i have somebody else uh, and you know uh, the first reason that they give is i need a co-founder because funders prefer companies that have co-founders there's a perceived stability in the organization when there is more than one founder okay yeah the other thing that i've heard is also that you know i'm not good in a specific area Mm. uh so for example i am uh, great on the technical side of it but mm. i'm really not good at uh, sales or marketing so i mm. need a co-founder to support what i am not good at yeah the other is a straightforward acknowledgement so they say that i couldn't have done what i have done so far without my co-founders uh and they found it very hard when uh they couldn't share something about the journey with somebody else so having somebody else with you helps reduce the burden of the co-founder journey. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. And but on the other hand there are, you know, a lot of people who say, look, I have got everything sorted. I don't need a co-founder. Hmm. I need people who can execute my ideas. So I need employees basically. I don't need a co-founder, right? So there are probably different reasons for wanting a co-founder and uh, different views as to whether a co-founder is needed in the first place. but let's assume that you have decided you do need a co-founder so how do you go about it what do you look for as usual we'll make a list of things to look at and the first thing is you have a startup vision a vision for the company the product or the service that you are building and how does the co-founder person that you are approaching see the future of the company what is their vision for it so for example one thing to look at in the vision is Do you have a vision that you will run the organization as it grows or build it to a particular point and exit with a profit there are two different ways of approaching yeah this is one example of a vision difference and it's quite fundamental also right if it is suppose there's a mm. difference in how you see things any mm. uh, basic point that you brought in yeah yeah the other i think would be perhaps the credibility that this person is coming with because mm-hmm. um, you may have someone who is able to position themselves very well is able mm-hmm. to communicate well uh, seems to have fabulous ideas for the company but if you're bringing in that person as a co-founder uh, it would be very important to check what kind of track record does, does this person have Mm. right in mm. coming in as a potential co-founder so what is it they've done in the past uh that makes them uh kind of ready for this mm. uh, is it, are you taking it at face value for them or is it something that's verifiable mm. uh and 
uh, does that that experience make sense for your startup? Because exactly. Mm. Impressive per se, mm. but is that something that will fit for you? I guess. Hmm. And the reverse could also be true. Credibility means that you are okay with someone who hasn't really done exactly what your business is doing. And in startups, that happens very often. Mm-hmm. You know, this is new, so you may not have exactly. So, what is a verifiable credibility that the person brings in their own work? True. So, next is that. That's what I say. No, complementarity of skills will be the next one that I look at. Mm-hmm. So, we earlier talked about when a co-founder says, you know, I have tech, I don't have marketing. I have marketing, I don't have tech. What do I do? So here, this that is one uh, thing to check. You do not want someone exactly like you as a co-founder. Most often than not, there may be individual circumstances. We will not go into it. I think it is better to bring in somebody who has complementary skills, which is which is like marketing and tech, business development, mm-hmm. operations. So, what are the key strengths that you have? Uh, your co-founder should balance that core skill. It is very often tempting because, and we also gravitate. you know uh, more comfortable with people who are like ourselves think like ourselves come from the same sector because conversations are so easy true but having two people of one type drives the company in one direction a lot more uh, effort interest uh, focus will go into one area and some other critical areas may be left untended mm. so diversity at the top uh, in the management in the startup driving seat is needed hmm this way you'll have a well rounded solution for the client and i think your go to market itself will be that much more quicker and easier when all of the horses are powered very true the the other thing to think about uh, would also be working style right hmm. so uh some kind of an agreement between the co-founders uh, in terms of what is the kind of working styles uh, that each of you would prefer uh and how the styles would actually work together especially if they are very different mm-hmm. so uh, for example uh you might be somebody who's uh extremely people oriented is perfectly okay spending time with them you know mentoring that sort of thing mm-hmm. but your co-founder may not be mm-hmm. they may be uh a completely execution oriented you know a delivery focused kind of person mm-hmm. is their strength is not building these kind of relationships mm-hmm. and and so on so how would the two function uh in a way that the rest of the team uh in your startup doesn't get confused mm-hmm. right or doesn't use it to their advantage in mm-hmm. a sense so uh how will you be talking things through uh what's the kind of autonomy uh, each person needs mm-hmm. uh you know well what a what will be the roles what will be the deliverables those mm. kind of things i think uh, also having a common agreed vision in terms of what's the kind of culture we are looking at in terms of a work culture mm. uh, and how will we uh, get together to build that would be another thing that would i guess need to be thought about yeah i think all this kind of tells us brings us to the next point right which is that you may have all of this but we we'll have to start a having good communication between founders and what is going to facilitate that how are you going to present yourself within the organization and outside so this is something that you have to consciously talk about yeah um because it's going to be dynamic and each time something like this happens you need to know each other's communication style is it something that would you prefer to talk on the fly would you like 
to sit down and have conversations uh, mm-hmm. are you like let us try it out and then we'll see kind of person then you know how does that work uh, what mode of communication is most effective and this is you know all good going when you are busy with project things are going but moment you have a disagreement how do you uh, bring it up so do you have mm-hmm. uh, some sort of format worked out in such cases right yeah and and this seems like something that can be decided at that time yeah you know when the time comes we'll figure it out but it really makes a lot of sense to do it ahead of time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those times of disagreements will come right mm-hmm. what do you think so um i think the disagreements um, uh, that's why it's a dynamic so we can't predict that will it be an agreement or a disagreement because mm-hmm. um life goes on things come at you uh but i think we a uh, couple of points that we are going to discuss coming ahead will probably give us a uh, a uh, uh, more clarity on how to handle that yeah the other thing uh, to look at is how your values align right so for each one of us we have a set of core values mm. uh which then lead to the beliefs that we take with us in every aspect of our lives mm. uh and Uh, needless to say it gets into our work and our business as well mm. so uh, what are those personal values uh, what is it that the company will be willing to compromise on and not compromise on whatever mm. happens mm. uh, you know is there a red, red line that you will not cross and would the co-founder be uh, agreeable to that right so for example if a startup comes up with a situation where you know you have an opportunity to make a lot of money but you know you need to take some shortcuts or you need to take a significant risk uh would you be comfortable doing that would your co-founder be comfortable doing that and who is the person who will make those calls uh that is i guess something that you uh, would need to discuss and something that gets connected with this is really your understanding and your relationship with money per se right what is that orientation that you have for money uh you know because money is not just money there's a lot of uh, social and material value that uh it brings along with it so uh are the co-founders in alignment with uh you know regardless of the money coming in what is it you'll take up what will you drop uh how fast do you expect that the organization grows so that the money starts coming in how soon would you want that to happen what's the kind of stretch uh you know in terms of time and uh sheer effort uh are you each of you willing to put in to bring in the money you know just because that is what the company needs because especially with women entrepreneurs given there's so much else happening in their lives uh i think this uh would be an important uh, piece for all of us to think about looking at women entrepreneurs so there are specific areas that women entrepreneurs um in the co-founding or what kind of co-founder to bring on uh that uh, seem to affect only women right so i remember this story was early days of uh, in the walking around in the circuit and this lady was telling me that you know what my husband is uh, a co-founder uh but doesn't have uh, the wherewithal to deal with the everyday aspects of the business so she was mm-hmm. looking she was having a designer boutique and she said that he would come into the boutique and the staff would all be aware that their boss has come 
and respond mm. to him like he is the boss and she will say that he is a co-founder to the extent that he's put in money but not that every day or any aspect of the business he's aware of he has a day job he goes there whatever he has to do <laughs> but when he comes into the uh, space everybody looks at him as as though he's the boss so i said so how do you respond to that so she says there are areas that you know i do put him in front because certain uh, labor issues and all he seem to be handling it good but other things like design or customer interfacing i want to be whole and soul so this is a typical thing that happens with women entrepreneurs uh, you know so the first question that i think uh, a lot of women entrepreneurs will ask is should family members especially your spouse become a co-founder yeah so um this is a common issue so as we just discussed right there are women who say that i bring in the talent so i am designer uh, i am the talent of the business so or i have the core idea that i brought in and the hard stuff the finance operations like dealing with labor all of that i think a uh, husband can do uh, or the spouse can do so that is what we have heard of in, in some of these places there is nothing wrong per se about that uh, apart from our own you know personal thing about what is gender and all of that but that's irrelevant to this mm. it is about do you take your work back home and how do you take it what if you have a dispute yeah uh, there is enough press i think if you if you search for this there is enough press over how spouse relationships which have not worked in the workspace have broken the mm. company apart but as we know startups have and businesses have everyday headaches how do you take that home and if you do take that home how do you resolve it it is very likely that you will take it home it's not that it's going to go away just because you stepped inside your home yeah? how do you respond to it now uh, how do you ensure that you both have what is known as a perspective that is shared uh, about some of these key issues we talked about uh, all the things that we said you know in checklist of what to look for in a co-founder assuming that you looked for that in a family member or a spouse mm. even then there may be because i think the way that you run your family may not be the way that you run your business yeah very true yeah this is what i uh, want to bring to your attention that there are two worlds they will collide and perhaps you need to be prepared for it and how much of it that you want to take on for yourself yeah yeah and and i think to add one more point uh, if if it is your business and mm. your spouse has come in as co-founder for mm. let's say to deal with you know finance i'm not comfortable with finance so he is handling that piece mm. uh, i think still stretching and understanding and knowing what's going on in the finance space is important mm. uh, gayatri you recall recently we came across one entrepreneur right yes uh, who was unable to do some of the business related stuff because mm. you know she said this is my husband handles this mm. Mm. but work you know that may not be the best thing for your business if it is your business then you need to know what's going on in every area mm. uh, would you allow something like that to happen if that person handling finance were not your spouse you would you would go in and check what's going on right and yeah. be on top of it. Yes, I think this is a hard call. I can imagine hard call, and it's also power dynamics. As I said, the world too. There are two worlds. Who's the boss? Right. You know how do you do that? Element of control. All of that happens. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, the second question here, which specific to women entrepreneurs, is is finding a co-founder a personal choice? Hmm. Right. 
and and i don't know i think especially for women entrepreneurs it probably is mm. you know a little mm. more personal because uh, most important relationships that a woman has outside the home meet mm. friends mm. or colleagues or whatever somewhere the uh, family well i wouldn't use the word pressure but influence i yes. guess yes Yes. Yes. Uh, so, you know, so in your head, mm. you have that filter. Would my parents approve of this person, or would mm. my spouse approve of this person? Mm. So, the selection of the co-founder would may not just be a function of functional or technical capability, or mm. you know what track record they have, mm. but especially about is this a person that holds similar values. Mm. with that what you hold right mm. and if i you know introduce this person to my family uh, and so on would they be okay right mm. would they be comfortable because this is a person uh, you are spending significant time with so whether the co-founder is a man or woman is it immaterial mm. uh, you know is that the the family also would i guess be comfortable with mm. I, i have a story here in the other way mm. right there is a, a group of school friends who started an organization okay and uh, one of the group members very talented but somehow as we said no sometimes talent is not enough to be a co-founder uh, was not working well in terms of the leadership style communication style whatever you know financial orientation which though since they all school friends families knew each other so to let go and exit that relationship is so difficult for them because mm. the families would say that person fantastic what a lovely person we just love him now or her and then they said what do we do so the organization is stuck because there is this co-founder who wants to exit and somehow the family connection is making it that much more difficult to have a very amicable or even a even a formal exit or even an informal exit because it's like mm. how can you let the sweet aparna go because you know you know each other since you were in kindergarten very true so now when you're looking at profiles of co-founders we looked at the family we looked at you know the influence of it and our own checklist that we have put up how do we do this right to split the business and the personal and we just saw how the personal affects the business and the business mm. affects the personal the track record the experience like our resume you look at that try to get a sense of the person uh, the values approach priorities that is one the one way i thought was and it has it has helped us to figure out a short time bound project that you probably both would work on you get a mm. experiential sense of how uh, your common uh, management style attitude towards money deliverables communication what works all of that be aware that that could be like a honeymoon phase and when really <laughs> tough times come that is one the other aspect is to say what is the timing when should you get a co-founder i think uh, getting a co-founder early on is very important right once you you know that your idea is somewhat viable i think the early on you get somebody on board um, it helps not only give direction to the business but also gets that involvement engagement with the organization from the get go uh, uh, there is personal satisfaction in being part from ground zero 
in uh, you know being part of the key decisions the branding the images many of those things that startups go through in the initial days and just be part be part of this uh, long journey that we started when the idea was there that is that very human aspect of it not necessarily the business aspect of it but as we know a lot of entrepreneurs come to us and say the third year down that you know i need a co-founder now somehow i think their pool comes down a lot probably people will look at it much more objectively because you by the time have customers you have a presence and then uh, when i come in then i start weighing in as to how good the business is rather than look at only the relationship is that what you want again it's up to you the founder to take that decision that's that's very true in fact you know i'm just thinking uh, that when we decided to work together mm-hmm. and start her business as our business mm-hmm. i think we informally had a lot of thinking along these lines right, right? right. any of these mm-hmm. things so you know so much so much discussion around expectations of work mm. how much time we are able to give yes. for this work yes. right yes. uh our orientation to growth mm. how important is money for us mm. you know and and given the other life responsibilities mm. uh you know time that can be set aside degree of flexibility that might be required all these things i think somewhere featured in the decision making process for us yeah uh maybe it was simpler because you know it was the two of us right right <laughs> there were there wasn't a team or anything involved mm. uh but but i think yes you know if i look at if i look at this list and the kind of things we did consider and talk about mm. we pretty much covered uh, quite a bit of this yes i think the critical differentiator is as we said is that do you respect each other's contribution i think that is where it is it is not about how much of experience that you bring or the education that you bring those are technicalities and when a dispute comes do you think that i need to listen to what perspective the other person is bringing to that conversation mm-hmm. so i may have a different perspective i need to listen and that is where i think the respect gets addressed or expressed uh, nowhere else and let us be very honest that the every day potential for disputes will happen how do we kind of figure out this is the way that we are going to move forward from it and and i wish there were a you know a solid checklist that we could make mm. and which would be like a you know a metric for anyone looking for a co-founder to look at mm. but uh, ultimately i think beyond all those checks and uh, balances that you will make mm. uh, what would work uh for me and i'm sensing for you also is to just listen to your intuition yes. going with your gut yes. yeah yes. if something about the co-founder doesn't connect it doesn't sit right mm. with you mm. don't go ahead mm. you know mm. uh, because there will be people telling you no no it's only you know it's just a feeling mm. don't worry but then you know those feelings are what protect you as well mm. you know they are the, those feelings are what take care of you mm. in in difficult times mm. so you know then double check the data ask more questions but you know still if you feel it's not uh, it really isn't the right fit then just don't do it yeah. you know yeah. so you'll be able to find somebody else trust your gut on this and let's assume if it feels very right then go and double check the checklist 
yes <laughs> very true yeah. very true so uh, so listeners we have uh, uh, tried to give you an overview of uh, what to look for in a co-founder and a couple of specific points that are very relevant to women entrepreneurs we hope you've enjoyed uh, this podcast do listen in next time her business is our business gayatri and aparna bringing you the woman entrepreneur expertise toolkits and stories of success beyond funding send in your questions and comments to listener at herbusiness.in we'd love to hear from you